and welcome back to another episode of Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz. And today we brought back our executive producer, uh, Sean Moe, to talk about uh, today's podcast. And the idea for this podcast, you two, came from uh, an Instagram post I saw, hmm. which read as follows. It said, what would your occupation be if you had followed your childhood dreams? Okay, so hmm. that got my mind racing. And of course, I shared it with you, Cecile. And it really got me thinking, what would I have done if I had followed my childhood dreams? I know. We have so many crazy ideas. Mm -hmm. I know as a kid, I I want to do anything and everything that I found interesting. But mm -hmm. that I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Juan, because I think given the times that we're living in, we should take a moment and stop and say, you know, what are all the things we wanted to do? And I know certainly mm -hmm. at, at the stage of my life now, as I say, I'm getting to the smaller chapters of my life right. versus the longer chapters. I want to be very mindful and very intentional into the things that I do as, as an adult and from every aspect of my life. But Juan, let me ask you, what did you want to do well, you as know, a kid? As a kid, you know, we had another podcast on passion and purpose. Mm -hmm. And I did share with everybody that I never felt like I had a passion, something very direct that mm -hmm. I was so uh, gung-ho about doing. Which is it, natural. But, Most right, people feel that way. Right. But as a kid, I remember uh, with my younger sister when I was around six, seven uh, and whatnot, um, we would like to play, I'd call it show or TV show, mm -hmm. where I would run a, uh, a jump rope uh, down the middle of the uh, living room, and that would be the edge of our stage. I would use a Viewmaster projector. I'd set it up on the record player, and that would be our spotlight. And I would basically host a show in wow. the living room, and I'd make my sister, my poor sister, run in and out, <laughs> changing costumes. Now you're going to lip sync this song. Now you're going to do this and that. So, of course, it was fun. I used to love watching game shows, so I thought, wow, maybe a game show host would be Something fun to do, but of course, seriousness does set in at some point. Life, right? life steps in. And life steps in. And of course, um, I'm not a game show host. I, I don't host shows, but what I do today is still somewhat of a performance, somewhat of, a, of an art form, which is, is. Um, bringing the news to people nightly. So in a way, I did kind of follow my childhood dream. And once I graduated from college with a broadcast journalism degree, my dream was at that point then uh, to be on camera, to be a, a news anchor. And I even remember having dreams of seeing myself sitting behind an anchor wow. desk from a distance. So I think I kind of manifested that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I did follow um, somewhat of a dream, but but you know, I think a lot of us will, will agree that those dreams, we tweak them as we go on and as we get older. So what about you two? Well, I first I wanted to just remind um, all our listeners. I remember when you shared previously that you also took a test, uh, uh, the, the school <laughs> test that said you should be something that we all agree that that you would have not been happy doing. I'm sure you would have it was been. Aptitude test. Yeah, they said I should I should go into a science, dentistry, and then finally the third one was entertainment, which. Maybe I was answering that test based on what I thought my parents would want me to answer mm -hmm. or what the school I was going to wanted us to answer because it was a private Catholic boys high school. Mm -hmm. uh, you should be a doctor, a lawyer, something serious. So I maybe tweaked my answers based on what other people might would have wanted to hear. But still, it did kind of creep in there, that entertainment um, portion of of my life and that's just it. It's is realizing and it's a lot harder to do. And I would al almost say 
almost impossible mm-hmm. to do as a child because we want to make our parents happy. We want to please sure. please them. And then as we get older, we want to fit in with our friends. And, and if your mm-hmm. friends perhaps think mm-hmm. that it is cool for you to do that or you feel the pressures of society or your social uh, group of what you want to do, you, you adjust. Yeah. And, and it's it's finding that courage. It's finding that belief in yourself, uh, even as a young kid, to keep going down that path and adjusting and, as you say, tweaking it in that journey so that you can always go back and connect with what do I really want to do? What What is meant for me to do? And have the strength right. and belief in yourself to to follow it, even if everybody else is telling you, especially your family or your loved ones. Yeah, those outdoor outside influences are are very important. Even when I announced that I was going to major in broadcast journalism, after studying business administration mm-hmm. for a little bit, um, economics for a little bit, even I was thinking of maybe even a career in chiropractic, which wow, wow. was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually part of it. Uh, my dad used to do the accounting for a chiropractor back in the day, and I knew it was how much he was making, and oh. I thought this is not a bad. I don't have to see. <laughs> There's blood. the Juan that we know right? and love. I don't need to see blood. I just have to push on people's backs, and and I'm going to be good. But of course, zero passion in that, so that wasn't going to go anywhere. But um, as I was saying, even when I announced broadcast journalism, and I announced it very proudly to my family, the first question out of my mother's mouth was, "So, um, do you think you'll be able to make a living off this? Can you make money doing this?" And wow. it was just such a blow to my just you know the the, the, the little kid in my you wings yeah, were yeah. just you know deflated i was a deflated balloon at the time but you know what i proved everyone wrong here i am talking to you today and everything turned out thank god the way it's supposed to but not everybody has those experiences right that's right and i think that that's why we are so committed and why we started this podcast mm-hmm. is to share uh, our experiences and to create a community where people can come to and 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 learn and hear and share. I said you saw that post, and we're grateful for that uh, listener to to have posted that. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to find a community where you say, if maybe the strength is not around me, maybe if I can hear something and I can take those tools and find them within myself, maybe I can pull through and really live the life that I want to do. But Sean, uh, what were you? Yeah. What was your childhood <laughs> dream? Would love to hear. As Sean is our our. Our quiet giant that propels us forward. What did you want to do? Well, I think like a lot of young people or children, they have big dreams. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a lot of things. I wanted to be a Jackson. I wanted <laughs> to be, that's the best. Thing. That's right. You know, an entertainer, singer, dancer. You know, yeah. we were. I'm the youngest of five from a big family, so we kind of could see ourselves in that. Sure. In that vein, um, but I was also very creative. I loved stories. I loved to write. Um, I loved storytelling. Mm -hmm. And when I was maybe in the second or third grade, I remember my teacher gave me an A plus on a story that I'd written. And she she said on her comments, you have a gift. What will you do with your your amazing gifts through Mm -hmm. your life? And it just kind of stuck with me. So I thought, oh, well, what could I do with this? And I also at that time loved TV, and mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows was Bewitched. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all dating ourselves by saying this, <laughs> oh, but that's I good. Well, I think it that's was good. in reruns or <laughs> syndication that's back right. then. Sean is um, the young, the youngest of of we three. <laughs> but I digress. But I loved the fact that Darren Stevens was a copywriter, right. and I thought his job was so neat because he came up with catchy slogans and campaigns and catchphrases. And I thought, well, I can do that. 
and that kind of set me on a path to have a career in advertising, which is what I ended up majoring in in college, copywriting. Wow. I eventually did do that job. Mm -hmm. And was it a dream? It was something that I dreamed of doing, but it really ultimately wasn't what I thought the dream would be. And that's the truth about life, is that we, we can glamorize, we can augment what we think something is, and then when we achieve it if we're fortunate enough to achieve it it's okay if it was not the end all be all the important thing is the journey that you took the confidence that you had Mm -hmm. and the dedication to see something that you felt was important you did the work you Mm -hmm. went to college you took the classes you Mm -hmm. took the exams and you kept believing in yourself you were not derailed because i'm sure life threw a lot of things at you and you achieved it and it's okay for you to say well this is not what i want to do but i know certainly from the work that we do together sean and the work that we do here in the podcast how invaluable that talent that your teacher said you had is to your everyday life sean writes all the um, breakdowns of our Mm -hmm. podcasts that we later put up on all the uh, different streaming services that's all him, and it's written so well, Sean. Of Thank course, you. you share it with us to look at. But I always say thumbs up. Perfect, perfect, and <laughs> that's perfect. that's just the the tip of the iceberg yeah. that he does overall for yeah. for the team. But two things that really struck me about what you said is number one, God bless those teachers. Oh yeah, is yeah. if it was that one comment which was probably to her something that is her job but look at the impact that it had on your life that one person that you respected and the other is you know darren the the uh the earlier version of madman even though i don't think i ever right. saw, saw that show oh, yeah. completely in the 60s right mm-hmm. it's it's this concept of you gotta you gotta see it to believe it you've got to see the variety of jobs and careers and things that we can do in life um, manifested by people that look like us from a diversity standpoint so that all the little Sean's and the, the young Juan's and the young Cecile's out there can say, hey, that's something that I can do. Because like you guys, I or like you, Sean, I had, I wanted to do to be everything that came across my mind. I love to read. I was constantly reading. I was constantly willing to challenge the world. As I say, I was born to compete. It doesn't matter what, fill in the blank, <laughs> and I will compete. The first thing that I wanted to be was was a nun, which I guess would be surprising <laughs> to to a lot of people. Um, but growing up religious or Catholic, right? So. It was very um, Hispanic. It was noble. Looked at as a very noble thing to yeah, do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Back in the olden days, one of your sons was expected to become a priest. Right. So, thank God we've moved on from that. I know my brothers certainly are grateful for that, and I too come from a big family of seven. So, um, staking your own claim in the ground of what you are going to be mm-hmm. and what you stood for was really important my family my, my father really encouraged us to be smart to to be productive to be contributing uh for me the other dreams i had i wanted to be a lawyer i wanted to go work for the world bank i could see that i yeah. wanted to, to mm-hmm. be a doctor uh, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon, but I'm allergic to formaldehyde. So there went the, <laughs> there when you end up that. hospitalized after doing an anatomy class and dissecting things, you, you realize that you have to rethink your life. Um, and thank God I didn't follow any of them. Thank God mm. life had its twists and turns. Then I ended up doing the work that I find so deeply rewarding. But I think the consistent thing among all of us is that we have been fortunate enough to keep believing to keep this sense of childhood wonder of why can't I do that I mean I know we say if it's possible we're capable that's kind of our motto if something's possibly able to be done we can do it and Mm -hmm. and think about 
if we didn't have that. Think about people who don't feel that they have the ability or don't have the path because of their socioeconomic background. Um, How do we make that happen? How do we make those childhood dreams um, come to reality? Or how do we maybe modify that and say, how do I keep dreaming and keep achieving in my everyday life. So if any of our listeners are teachers or mentors, look how important those roles are yes. for somebody mm-hmm. who, who may not have the same opportunities to do something. Mm-hmm. Sean's teacher led him on a path that ended with, with a career. Um, you know, um, you as well had an opportunity to just see different things. Yes. So um, those people are very important. And so if we think about what if we don't stop dreaming? Mm-hmm. Um, what if we go from I have my dream job to I can dream and I can see what I visualize what I want to do and mm-hmm. here's the steps that I take to get there because life does get in the way and and sometimes we are disappointed and or we feel like we failed I think all of us collectively living through this pandemic living through the instability and the chaos and the negativity it is almost easier for us to say, well, I tried and I failed. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that are failing out of no fault of their own Absolutely. because we cannot keep our businesses or our jobs. One in five millennials today mm-hmm. lost their job as of May 2020. Think oh, of wow. the impact to to their belief system of who they are. So how do we rethink that? How do we go from saying, I I, I tried and I failed or this happened to me to, to picking ourselves up and saying, how do I march forward and how do I bring that wonder and creativity to how I think about my future and how I think about my career and what I have to say to the world? Yeah. Well, I think just even it doesn't matter how old you are either. No. Myself, I, I've been fortunate enough since 1988 to be in the news business, continually working, moved here for the job, and I've kept it all this time. If all of a sudden I found myself um, furloughed, laid off, mm-hmm. unemployed, that would really—I'd have to really look inward to see what I do next. So it really doesn't matter how young you are, millennial, uh, an older work, an older worker. It's—it's—it's it, it's, it's really a blow, and it's you know again you're looking inward. Mm-hmm. And, and think of what it would make you question, mm-hmm. Juan. Aside yeah. from perhaps maybe some level of economic distress to you, mm-hmm. right? Think of how we. How would you define yourself? Because most of us, especially our generation, we were raised to define ourselves by what we do and right. what we have and what we accomplished. And I, the way I see it is uh, our generation, certainly the boomer generation, was focused on survival. I've got to have a job so I can take care of my family. Right. Then our mm-hmm. generation, the Xers, was obsessed on productivity because we were obsessed with money and, and what that represented. I think that these next generations, definitely the millennial, but definitely the Zs, their focus is purpose and determination to live a life of happiness and something that's meaningful. And I think that is a wonderful thing. I think humanity benefits. So the question that I asked myself when you sent that uh, that post mm-hmm. and, and we started talking about it is to say, well, what is my success? What, what is it based on? Right? What is it based mm-hmm, on? Mm-hmm. How am I going to define success in my life? Because all of us now, especially what we're living through, we have to break that into chunks and I think almost digestible pieces and say, what was I successful in doing today? Or what is going to be a successful life for me? And not see it as one thing in terms of a professional life and that's what I'm going to do. And, and, and how do we incorporate that so that we mm-hmm. can believe in ourselves and we can pick up ourselves when we failed, which is good to fail, 
and move on. I think most people would have, uh, if you were to break it down from the pros and cons, most people would have a longer list of pros. A lot of times I think we focus a lot on that one negative thing Mm -hmm. that we might hear from somebody. We might have a very beautiful career that goes on years and years, and then you have that one person that just pops your balloon, and that's what you hold on to, which is something that um, happens. We probably Mm -hmm. shouldn't do that. And a lot of us also make lists uh, to say, okay, well, this is what I'm, when I get to this age, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to be happy. When I reach this financial Mm -hmm. success, I will do this. And I'm not dismissing the fact that to achieve whatever elements might be on on your list, you will have to have the financial resources. But the question that I want us to think about, the the opportunity and the space for, again, childlike wonder, is what are all the other things we have been holding off on doing? Sean, do you do a, what do they call it, a bucket list? Do you do that? Well, I don't really do a bucket list. Um, My whole life, I've always had a list of things that I know I want to either experience or do before I die. And this didn't start when I was older. It was just something that I've always had. So I've always had different goals that I want to accomplish mm-hmm. um, and different jobs, per se. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always wanted to do be a model. I've done that. I've always wanted to produce photo shoots. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to dance professionally i've done that Mm -hmm. so i wouldn't call it a bucket list but just a list of of goals of things that i want to accomplish and once i accomplish them i don't forget about them the things that i learned along the way i take with me and i apply to the next goal and maybe you just feel a certain sense of satisfaction that you did that and yes wow i did i can do i can do it and people always ask, why are you so strong and how do you build strength? Is by overcoming and achieving, no matter what it is. Even if it's just to, to calm yourself down after a stressful day. is about choosing to have a positive attitude. Choosing to, to, to forgive and, and, and hope positivity on someone who is not wearing their mask when they should, which right. is something mm-hmm. I've had to teach myself how to do. But, you know, Sean, what if, what if we change the, the question that I just posed from... Um, what is what is my success or what makes me successful? Mm-hmm. Because I think when you say what makes me successful, that maybe has a, a component of others bestowing that title to you. Right. You are, oh, mm-hmm. you're so successful. But what if we change it to, I want to successfully do X. And X should constantly be change, changing. And I want to do it, I, I want to successfully do, I think to me just means I'm doing this. I'm going to tell myself when I successfully have accomplished something. Maybe I didn't get first, maybe I, I got second, or maybe I didn't even place, going back to the, the competitor in me. <laughs> but I just overcame that. Or you I, learned something. I, or I learned or, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's... Uh, I think, that I think that's, having realistic goals yes. really helps. Having realistic goals and also keeping in mind we don't have forever mm-hmm. uh, to achieve all this. I saw another powerful um, post this morning and it showed the hands of what looked like the same person uh, praying. On the left, the left hand was a young hand, and on the right was an aged hand. And it said, the journey is short, enjoy it. So it was something that I would have just kind of flipped through Mm -hmm. and just kept going, and actually went back to it again, and it's like, it's the same woman. Mm -hmm. It's the same hand. Mm -hmm. One minute you're young, the next minute, you know, flash forward 40 years, Mm -hmm. uh, you're much older, and at, at the crux of it is the journey is a short one. Enjoy it. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is so true. And, and so that's why I think that 
usually later in life we mm-hmm. s- we become aware of that because Absolutely. we we look at our rearview mirror and know that so much life has lived and we start asking these questions of did i do the right things did i make the right decisions did, did am i you know are you living with regret and all of those things are important it's important at some point in your life obviously to recognize them but one of the things that i find so wonderful uh, about the millennial generation mm-hmm. and of course the disease is that they have figured it out they seem to have figured it out a lot sooner than us and that's wonderful mm-hmm. i tend to think that it is for some very unfortunate reasons but i also believe that in the greatest chaos and in the greatest pain can come the greatest clarity and advances mm-hmm. in life i mean se- semi quoting the greeks in, in that <laughs> statement but you know, the millennials came into professional maturity, at most of them, at the height of the last crisis, the last economic crash mm-hmm. of 2008. And they're, they're reaching the arc in, in, in terms of professional success in their late 30s, early, you know, climbing into their 40s with the pandemic and this crash uh, or economic downturn. And it's also affecting the Z's because they're coming into college. They're turning 18 in the middle of all of this. And if you think about that, the millennial generation, there was a a report out by a think think tank called New America that said that the millennial generation is the first generation Mm -hmm. of Americans to make less money than the previous generations, Mm. even though they are by far more educated. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really smart of them. It's really emotionally aware of them to say, what, well, what is my success? How am I going to define my How do life? You measure it, right? What is important to me? And I think what, what they have done and what they're standing for, and we see it in the, in the work that we do, dealing with companies, working and supporting companies, help them bring on board a happy workforce, bringing mm-hmm. leadership and talent, that they're saying, I'm going to do the work that is meaningful to me. I am going to do something that I believe in. And here's what my life stands for. And above all, I want to be happy. I want to love the people that I love. I want to live where I want to live. And they are less focused, it seems, by status and having the job title that they think defines them to they defining mm-hmm. their life. I think there's a lot of lessons we can learn from the millennial generation. I've mm-hmm. learned a lot from from millennials in my workplace um, and it's also challenging the way that I grew up mm-hmm. and, and, and the lessons I learned from, from my parents. For example, millennials at my workplace have no problem speaking out if they don't like something. Um, they let their opinions be heard. And in my case, you know, learning from my parents and in the early years of my career, you do what you're told, you shut up, and, and you do it. Mm-hmm. We pay you to do your mm-hmm. job. You need to do it. Millennials are very open with just saying what they need, want done. Well, it's nice that that culture has changed yeah. and now that we all benefit from Absolutely. those actions. I agree with you. I think that that is the, the the wonderful thing about the workforce. As we've said before, the workforce does not adjust to the norms that are created. Mm-hmm. The workforce, the, the largest population of the workforce, starts creating their new set of norms mm-hmm. and the new set of behavior. And we definitely see this globally that the younger workforce, the workforce that is going to be eventually the largest workforce, larger than us, um, is saying, let's redefine this. Let's let's figure out what makes us happy and make sure that the companies for for whom we work mm-hmm. reflect those things. And that's why they're so focused on rooting out 
sometimes a toxic culture or a toxic right. um, mm-hmm. environment. And they really have brought into question, I think we're all benefiting of, uh, from this, Sean, as you said, is this question of work-life balance or for women, can we really have it all? And mm-hmm. what does all mean? And I think that that's what's changing. What does all mean and what component of that big concept, I'm, I'm ha- I have it all, what are the important things and, and how do we how do we achieve them? And I think that we're all stopping and saying, well, what is really important? Is right. it is it is it clocking in on that job? Is it uh, which I obviously is what gives us the ability to live the way we live. But can we find a better balance to mm-hmm. do what we love and still love the life that we have? Well, something I also found is taking money out of the equation. Millennials are also very comfortable with trying something for a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like it, they move on, which again challenges the way I grew up where you stick with it. Mm-hmm. You made a commitment, you're here, stick with it. And that freedom to to do what you want and to change your ideas. You know, one day Sean was a copy editor, now he's not a copy editor, but he still uses that in his, I mean, we can learn from, from a lot of, of those millennials who come into a job and if it's not to their liking or if they're not achieving that satisfaction that they originally came in for if it's, it's not it's meaningful okay for go. them yeah. or or like you Sean you your dream was just job was to be a, a, a copywriter and when you did it you achieved it you thought it's good it's great or even if it's fun but it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life right it just wasn't the way I imagined it would mm-hmm. be even if you own your own firm it's still not for me it wasn't as creative as I wanted it to be mm-hmm. so that's okay I figured other ways to express that creativity through other outlets. And Sean, did you internalize it? Did you worry about what other people would think about? It's like, why why the sudden change? Why are you doing this? No, not at all. I think um, other people were more concerned than I was, especially when they would look at my resume because I had such a varied uh, work experience mm-hmm. um, on it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of employers didn't quite know what to do with me because I had so much experience in so many different things, which I thought was a benefit. But back then, it wasn't so much. Being agile wasn't quite um, accepted 10 years ago like it is today. And that's the future, wow. as we know, from all the reports mm-hmm. from the big think tanks, from the World Economic Forum, from everyday life, that the future of the workforce, the future of leaders, the future of talent, which again is, is the work that we do, um, uh, Sean, uh, since you're part of the team, is to identify how is the business world changing? How is the business model changing? And who are the people that are going to drive that success? And how do I, as an individual or as an employee, how do I become part of that new wave? The new wave is people who have, as we said, great critical thinking. That means that they're great right. problem solvers. Mm-hmm. They come as a whole person to the workforce. You are able to empathize with people. You're able to have the emotional intelligence to connect with individuals and realize that your actions have a rippling effect to others and to your community. And how do you bring your best self to work every day? But above all, how do you constantly improve the way you adapt and adjust, Mm -hmm. which is agility, to whatever life throws at you, and continue to move forward and contribute positively. So you were doing that as an individual. You were taking in the data, people saying, how could you do that? Because when we see a change, mm-hmm. we all fear change, and we sometimes think, oh, well, were you not successful? Was there? it failure, Was right? Was it failure? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it could be failure. Right. 
but failure can propel you to move on to something greater. You learn from that and, and you believe that what you learned was valuable instead of judging yourself and saying, mm -hmm. I tried and I failed, mm -hmm. I, I can't. Um, instead of, well, I, I won't do that again because that it didn't work, but I'm going to do this. Right, yeah. I, I read once uh, someone said, what would you do today if you realize that you weren't going to fail? What would mm -hmm. you try? And I think that that's mm -hmm. also something yeah. that we're talking about mm -hmm. here is what would you what would you challenge yourself to do if you thought I'm not going to I'm not going to fail at this because that's that's what we did as kids. That was your childhood wonder. That was your childhood dreams. We didn't think, well, I, I don't think it's logical that I can be an astronaut, I can be a doctor, I can be a lawyer, I can be a ballerina, I can <laughs> be a DJ. Mm -hmm. all in one career people you, know, you laugh at them they're <laughs> kid oh kids are so cute look at them yeah. just look at the array of <laughs> of halloween costumes that kids wear sure and they're expressing what they want to be right. they want to be a princess they want to be i saw a post of they're saying one of the most popular costumes they think is going to be this year is going to be ruth bader ginsburg oh, which yeah. i think is fantastic that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, because it's showing what they admire and what they find important so what could we do how would we allow ourselves to dream and express what we want our own version of a successful life to be if we thought we, we we're not going to fail or if we mm -hmm. thought we failed, so what? What did I learn? And there's a lot of satisfaction to that too. Cecile, I was just thinking when you were talking about it, in 2000 when the world was going to come to an end and Y2K oh my God, was Yes, remember how everybody was yeah. flipping everybody out was. about that. People were running to the mountains mm -hmm. and hiding up. We were stockpiling, not toilet paper back then, which is odd, right? We didn't think right. about toilet paper. We thought about everything else. Canned goods. Yes. Indeed. Well, I, I started making that list that Sean was talking about, my to-do list. And one of the things was I always loved as a kid watching Saturday Night Live. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. I'm going to do improv comedy, that. sketch comedy. So I found a school, and I went there the first day, and I'm like, gosh, I'm in the news business. And I'm not really, I'm funny to my friends. They think <laughs> I'm funny. and, and But I this is not who can, you are, right? Is, that uncomfortable feeling was so overwhelming. And then I got through the first um, six weeks of it, and I remember the teacher did this little appreciation circle and would go around and, and she got to me and I got so emotional. I, I was like sobbing in tears because she said, you are so funny. You are this, 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 and that. I wouldn't have gotten to that point if I wouldn't have gotten through that discomfort and that, mm -hmm. that, that fear of failure mm -hmm. that, that, that I could have had. You know, whenever they would ask for volunteers, I was never the first person to raise my hand because what if tonight's not my night? And when I finally let go and I gave it a chance, I, I did well, well enough for her to say it and notice it, and I kept going. And um, anyways, for me, it was that there's something in that discomfort that propels you to, to you, don't be afraid to try something new, even if it scares you a little mm -hmm. bit. You are so right mm -hmm. about that, Juan. I believe that the greatest growth comes from the greatest discomfort. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. When I reflect on the 28 years plus of experience that I have in, in doing the executive search and consulting work that mm -hmm. we do with highly successful, highly educated, incredibly well-paid professionals. As we sit back and really listen to their stories of what made them great, their success has come from those crucible moments where life was really painful, where life was really challenging. I've talked to people that said, you would never believe this, knowing from the outside, the, the companies that they ran, that the company was on the brink of X, you know, collapsed. 
but they push through it. They believe they, they, you know, they bet the farm, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, and here they are successful and they always talk about those were the moments where they learned the most. And for, for you, Juan, I, I just, I, I know you've told me that story before and I remember you going through the, um, Mm -hmm. the improv classes and you were so excited and all of us who know you, we thought, of course, you're so funny. Yeah. You're you're one of the <laughs> funniest. I mean, see, I still react to that see? a little bit um, I, defensively. I'm like, am I really? You know, it's, and you have to ask yourself why. Yeah. And it is, although you are very com- confident and you've mm-hmm. led the life that you luckily knew you wanted to have professionally as mm-hmm. a kid. I think that, in my humble opinion, you react to that, Juan, because you have spent so many years of your life focusing on improving a life that you have laid out that anything outside of that, going back to the kid that had created that entertainment set and you directed your sister to be all these Mm -hmm. characters, Mm -hmm. that's the funny entertainer in you. And I don't, I think that this gave you a little, a little taste of being that, not being this amazing Emmy winning news anchor, Mm -hmm. but being something slightly different. And so it's putting everything else into question. And I think it's great that you pushed yourself to do that. It is important to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and, Mm -hmm. and express that part of us. So instead of saying, what's my bucket list or what's my list? Mm -hmm. Why don't we just kick the concept of the bucket out the side and say, what amazing things do I want to challenge myself to do? What is my childlike dream wish list as an adult? I'm very proud of myself that I did it. And I hope that our listeners Mm -hmm. looking into their life and looking in the rearview mirror and looking ahead that they do challenge themselves, put themselves into a little bit of an uncomfortable situation. Yes. And see what happens because what's the worst that can happen, you know? You get through it because life mm-hmm. will put you in uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. Life will challenge you to the very core of who you are. It's mm-hmm. challenging all of us now. So if you give yourself the experience of choosing, attacking, overcoming, being on the other side, you will flex that muscle in you that says you can and you will because mm-hmm. you've done it before. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's a little thing like learning how to bake a cake and you've never done or grill something which I'm terrible at grilling food Um, or if it's something much more meaningful those experiences stay in our Mm -hmm. bodies they stay in our mind they stay in our muscle memory and that's what gives us the courage to propel forward so Cecile I have a question for you Um, you started your business more than 25 years ago Um, a woman in a a very competitive field pre-internet pre being able to reach someone by email Mm -hmm. I mean what kept you going? Because obviously you had to work that phone. You had to take a lot of rejection, maybe people not returning your phone calls. What kept you going and kept you focused on, on your dream at that time? I have been asked that question so many times, Juan, and I think it's a really important question. And I'll tell you, I don't think that I did things differently that I would recommend and I have recommended to people mm-hmm. to do today. Yes, the circumstances were different. It was a lot harder. You're right. There was no such thing as email. We did things by fax. Uh, we did things via phone call. Um, there was not the internet the way, certainly the way right. it is today. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot harder. And I think also for women and minority women in the industry that I chose was definitely a lot harder. It is much easier today. And, and so uh, I think that the, the real keys and the real tools that I still recommend today to people who want to start a business or want to try something different, a, a, a side job or a gig economy as we call it now, mm-hmm. is first and foremost, I, I believe I, I have grit. I believe that I have this never-ending source that I cultivate within me that is supported by the people that 
love me, mm-hmm. that is you can and you will and you have the ability and never give up. Have the the emotional and, and the and the perseverance to keep pushing forward and believing that you can. I also felt that I had something to say to this industry. I mm-hmm. had a point of view and a way of doing things that thousands of other people were doing in my industry that was mm-hmm. very, very competitive. But I believe that the way I saw things should be done, what I had to contribute was meaningful. And that's the way I feel about really anything in, in life when I put myself into it, whether it's something just for fun or something professionally, I stop and I say, well, what do I want to say about this? What is important? Why do I find it meaningful? What do I have to contribute? And mm-hmm. why do I believe it? And I let that propel me because, mm-hmm. you know, we all have plenty of negativity that will derail you. But going back to you believing. When believing you, in yourself. Yes. Yeah. When you went through that um, uh, the, the uh, comedy yeah. training, mm-hmm. you were uncomfortable. You were not the first to raise your hand when I think you should have been the first mm-hmm. because you were unsure. But you stayed in that discomfort because you believed in yourself. Yeah. You believe I'm going to apply myself and I'm going to try. And the last thing is also that I would say is, is a tool is to have a community, to have a community of people that will tell you honestly mm-hmm. what you think, mm-hmm. uh, what they think, excuse me, and what you're doing and what you shouldn't be doing. You guys are certainly, you both are certainly that for me. Um, Sean, we do that professionally in the work that we do together. Sean and I have tackled things that others scratch their heads and say, right. why? We took a brand to South by Southwest about six or seven years now uh, that wanted to cross over into a different um, genre of consumers mm-hmm. and we thought that was the best way to elevate it. Neither of us have ever done from a marketing and branding perspective uh, something at South by and with a team of literally handful of people in 45 days we had the top trending fashion house at South by when there was really no fashion at right. South by and now it's what Sean a week. Uh, yeah. It's a week. at. at That's unbelievable. And they couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. People a very, very significant, uh, successful designers came up to us and said, how did you do this? What made you think you could do this? Mm-hmm. And the simple answer is because we thought it was the right thing to do. We never stopped to think we're crazy. We're, we're attacking this in 45 <laughs> yeah, days. People yeah. spend nine. The timeline alone was insane. Nine months planning this. We had all these hurdles that came our way, like uh, obstacles that literally made it impossible for us to walk into this house. Because, And I just kept thinking to myself, uh, and as the leader of my team, uh, they brilliantly handled what they needed to handle. And uh, I took the lead in saying, if an obstacle comes up that is too big for, for my individual team member to handle and it falls on my shoulders because I mm-hmm. lead them and it's my responsibility to make this successful, uh, I took it on and I took it on calmly and I just kept saying, this is not going to stop us. We will overcome. And we did. And and I wouldn't have been able to do it with people like Sean on my team and, and the mm-hmm. rest of my team that just kept saying yes, like Nurse Mary said. We just kept saying yes, we will because we can and whatever comes, even if we have to course correct we will, because it's not about hitting every object in that list right. It is about never losing focus, never losing purpose, doing it with integrity, and believing I can overcome this and I will figure it out. Right. Having confidence, believing in yourself, and maybe a little bit of that childhood wonder we started Absolutely. talking about. That, yes, I could do this. Um, you know, they would say uh, ignorance is bliss, right? Yes. When I first started in my career, I just started 
picking up the phone. I'd go to the library. I'd find out phone numbers of TV stations, and I'd say, okay, what's this newsroom, news director? And I would pick up the phone, and I nobody ever told me you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I'd ask for the news director. Sometimes I'd get put through to the news director, and I'd say, hi, I'm about to graduate from college, and I'd like a, a reporter job. Some people would... I wouldn't say laugh at me, but they would get me off the phone as quickly as they could. Mm -hmm. Others would actually listen to me and say, hey, well, well, send me your tape when you have a little bit more experience. So it was a little bit of that childhood wonder, a little bit of that ignorance that I didn't listen to anybody saying, you 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 don't make phone, you don't do that. You you send a resume by mail and you wait for them to contact. Exactly. We actually had someone from a very big brand who will leave nameless come up to us and say, Basically, which was odd, he came up to me, and Sean, I don't know if you remember this, the the manager of this very well-known celebrity who has mm-hmm. a fashion brand, and said, why did you do this? How come we never did this? Almost angry at me that he right. had not thought about that. And I just very calmly said, oh, darling, that's because you've never met us, <laughs> which didn't go <laughs> over very well. And I just right smiled there. very sweetly. and yeah. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, because we had 24 hours to set up and break down, right? Yeah. And that's the stuff that went wrong uh, and was nothing at the end of the day because it was everything in the middle of it. But at the end of the day, it was nothing. It was what made us stronger compared to the success and the joy and the relationships that we made uh, because we went through that and the trust that we had in ourselves. But Mm -hmm. we had to have... You have to have not only the confidence in yourself, but you have to have that community, irrespective of how big or how large it is, of people that love you and will be that wing behind your back Mm -hmm. when you feel you can't that say to you, come on, you know that you will because Mm -hmm. you've done it before. And if you need my help, here I am. And sometimes the help that you need is just someone to tell you, remind you, you can. So I encourage all our listeners to first and foremost take a moment on a drive on a walk Mm -hmm. on a hike and think about all the things that you want to accomplish in your life and start putting some action behind give yourself a moment of that childhood wonder give yourself a little nudge Mm -hmm. and realize that the world has changed in some very positive ways Mm -hmm. because of social media because of technology because of the internet because of the way big companies promote now you can find little little crevices little cracks which will allow you to make a statement in life to start a new business to gain visibility through a crazy tiktok posting or a video shot or maybe a story that you share do it mindfully do it with respect do it with a sense of putting goodness in the world and ask yourself, what do I have to say to the world? And how can I make it better? How can I bring my voice, my passion, my goals, my intent, and mm-hmm. put it out there, realize my dreams, and live a happier life? Yeah. Be okay with failure. Be okay with those little accidents that may lead to something even better, right? And yeah. what do you learn from that? Mm-hmm. And that'll bring us to the end of yet another podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Ends With Z. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe at www.endswithz.com to get the latest updates from us. Email us with questions or show suggestions. We'll be happy to hear from you. Also, follow us on Instagram for tips and insight as well. Until next week, for Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. 
Have a great day because above all else, you matter.